Hello and welcome to Create Talk Repeat. My name is Dustin Brenton. On this episode, I spoke with Doug Dietrich, a graphic designer and illustrator who started his own line of products, mostly apparel, called Jaw Dogs, using colorful illustrations and quirky oxymoronic sayings. Oxymoronic? Is that a word? I'm pretty sure that's a real word. Anyways, before we get to that interview, here's a word from our sponsor. Stay tuned. Anchor.fm is now Spotify for podcasters. New name, improved experience. Spotify is more dedicated than ever to empowering creators. This platform will continue to offer the best features to grow your podcast and distribute it everywhere, all for free. Visit podcasters.spotify.com for more details. Back to the show. Hello, and today on Create Talk Repeat, we're joined by Doug Dietrich. Doug, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, I always ask everybody that comes on this podcast the first question out the gate, the loaded question that everybody is like, oh my, that's a big question. But the first one I always, the first one I always ask is, what do you create? Uh, that's interesting. So I began my career uh, in graphic design. So that's me that has meant a lot of different things over the years um mostly b2b and direct consumer uh that could be anything from logos advertising uh, web development collateral packaging uh and then punctuated throughout those years i've also done uh, greeting cards um print and my latest iteration is a line of graphic apparel. So do you, do you consider yourself a, a designer or an illustrator or just kind of all the above? Uh, that's a good question too. So early in my career and, you know, I'm going back uh, early eighties, um, you know, <laughs> most of what I heard was uh, thou shalt not as a designer uh, set your foot in the area of copywriting. Uh, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. that was the tome of the day, and uh, like I always, well, I've I've always written, you know, you know, throughout my school years younger. So I resisted that, and I just did what I did. And I was fortunate enough, both at the uh, insurance company I worked at, and then later with a small design firm. By necessity, I had to wear a few hats. So mm-hmm. I really explored copywriting so i i'm a graphic designer i'm a copywriter and i'm an illustrator yeah i know working for small agencies myself that you know when i started out i would have never guessed that i would do any copywriting at all um because that's just wasn't my strong suit but the uh, the more i got into like you said working at a small agency everybody has to wear multiple hats um i was doing copywriting i was doing graphic design it would fall into sometimes into the sales role into account management i mean you have to end up doing a little bit of everything you can't just say no that's not my job you know like everybody has to pick up the slack here and there but um i don't i don't consider myself a copywriter but uh but i do you know uh writing headlines and and stuff like that i'm not going to write your uh your technical manuals but something yeah, something but- clever witty headlines right <laughs> 
yeah, no, no long form. However, uh, and we can get into that later. I've actually written two unpublished books, mm-hmm. uh, worth of 110,000 words. So I never thought I could, you know, or, or, or I would yeah. write a book, but, uh, yeah, anything can happen. You know, I, I've, uh, and I've, th- I think that's, that's another running theme through all of these interviews that I have with somebody is that they, they start at one thing and they, being a creative type, they end up doing a bunch of other things too. I as well have, I've written uh, a few screenplays. I've started writing, um, years ago, I started writing a book about halfway through it and end up stopping. But, uh, but yeah, there's just, there's something about that need to create and it doesn't matter what we're doing. So when did, when did you start creating? When did you start? Was this something as a, as a child that you did? Were you always like drawing or creating stuff uh, as a kid? Yeah, mostly drawing, um, and it, it helped. My mother was an art education graduate of Kent State University, so she could really draw. Um, and you know, there really were no, and we really—I guess we had coloring books, but that wasn't the thing. You know, we would just create on the fly mm-hmm. our own. So I get from an early age. Or would always been drawing, always been writing. Mm-hmm. Was, was I, this, oh, go ahead. In six, sorry, in '69 when the uh, we landed on the moon, mm-hmm. I wrote a story for language arts class of uh, three astronauts that you know, were exploring the heavens, and it turns out that one of them, uh, in disguise, was an insect, and ate the other two wherever they ended up landing. <laughs> well that's an interesting story there's I a was, i wasn't sent to the principal's office <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's a that's a fun story to to read that'd be a, a you know you see now now you've said that on this podcast somebody will hear it it'll be turned into a movie and you'll be like hey that was my idea so yeah you know we'll, we'll have record that you mentioned it first right here on the podcast so we'll have you, you can take the court on that so you mentioned your your mom was just an art teacher. Yes. Did uh, was is this is that where your passion for creating and becoming an artist came from? Was from your mom? Was there other like uh, teachers and other family members or anybody that really put this creative passion inside you? Uh, I'd say the artistic side. Uh, certainly, my mom. I think problem solving side, both. But my dad was a mechanical engineer, a GMI grad. So, you know, problem solving was, there's always a creative bent to that. Uh, I have eight siblings. Uh, Each of them are creative in their own way, either the drawing arts or music. Um, So I've drawn a lot of inspiration from them as well. So where, what did, when did it, when did you realize that this was a, you know, it was a fun hobby for you to draw and create, but when was the turn from, oh, I can make this as a, into a profession? Uh, that that was kind of a metamorphosis. Uh, I was in high school. I had a really good program in Marion, uh, Indiana. Uh, we had several of the instructors were actually practicing professionals. Uh, that was inspirational. Uh, they were fun. Uh, people to be around, uh, and I thought, you know, this is something I I want to do, and and had a number of 
student teachers from Taylor University, which wasn't that far from where I grew up. And uh, I ended up going to Taylor uh, thinking I was going to be an art education teacher. Uh, I student taught uh, both elementary and high school and determined after that 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 wasn't what I wanted to pursue. But I'd had, I had a number of, uh, I'm kind of rambling here, but so high school led into college and college and a lot of studio courses, um, traditional arts, jewelry, ceramic, sculpture, painting, printmaking. But I also had graphic design courses. And one of my instructors had been in the Chicago market for 10 years. So he kind of, you know, familiarized me with, you know, how you approach that field. It seemed very interesting to me uh, to be able to design something, you know, on, on a day-to-day -day basis and solve people's problems. Yeah. Hey, don't worry about rambling. Rambling's the reason oh. we have this podcast. That's the whole. Oh, right. That's the whole reason we. I could have just called this uh, "Create Ramble Repeat." You know, so it's fine. It's good. <laughs> so you mentioned, um, you know, going through uh, university. You say you went to Taylor University. Yes. Um, did and what was your? What did you end up getting your degree in from Taylor? I have a degree in art education. Art education. So you said you tried teaching for a while, and that wasn't really your thing. Um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine teaching any. I, I teach at the college level. I couldn't imagine teaching anything under that, like doing with well, dealing with high school students or middle school students or even elementary school. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and I think you have to have a passion for it. And I, I friends of mine, one in particular, uh, went to the University of Cincinnati. Uh, all-state football, all-state wrestler. And he ended up being a middle school art teacher for 40 years. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Wow. Yeah. It takes, yeah. It, it, it takes, it takes a, certain, a certain person to, uh, to handle the, the kids and, uh, yeah. and teaching them. And, and I, I remember being one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't want to have to teach yourself, you know, no. the, the younger Dougs, you know. No, nothing. So how much, so I always ask this kind of question is, you know, when you got your degree from Taylor University and learning the design skills that you learned, um, I'm assuming uh, was uh, much different than uh, what's being taught now. Probably not a whole lot of computers, probably more um, drawing and, um, you know, paste ups and whatnot. Um, how much have you had to self-teach your self-teach? How much have you had to teach yourself after uh, getting out of college to continue education? How important has that been to you? So funny enough, uh, Taylor has a really good IT program. Mm -hmm. uh, or no computers in the uh, art program, no graphics lab, no computer science, uh, as as it relates to you know the, the programs that we commonly use today. Uh, you know from the Adobe Suite. Uh, I did, however, take a uh, computer science course and was introduced to Fortran and BASIC, and uh, <laughs> I, I barely survived. Um, so it wasn't until five years into my career that we, the, the design firm that I worked at, we got a couple of those really, really small, I think they're 128K uh, Macs, yeah. you know, about Bread smaller than a bread basket. Uh huh. The ones that everybody everybody turns into aquariums now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So you're, you're right. It, you learn by doing and you learn from others to your, your colleagues and cohorts. And, you know, uh, that's the best way to just kind of immerse yourself in it. Mm-hmm. And it's never ending. You know, I've got friends of mine that are developers and they're talking all these languages. It's like, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't want to do it. I, I admire it. Mm-hmm. But it's and it's it never stops. I guess that's that's an underlying theme is that education never ends. That if, if you want to deal with change, then you have to be able to change and keep adding to your skills and mm-hmm. the way. And I'm and I'm sure other industries are that way. I can't speak to them. I'm sure you know, being a doctor, you always have to stay up on all the new you know uh, medical devices and medicines and whatnot. But as a as a designer. You know, we have to stay up on trends and understand that the the look and the aesthetics. But then we also have to stay up on the technology and how to use it. And even, you know, I graduated from college in two thousand and four, two thousand three, something like that. Um, and I learned on Quark Express. Nobody uses Quark anymore. Um, it's all Adobe InDesign, and I had to learn InDesign. And I went kicking and screaming <laughs> when it first came out, and now I love it. But um, and then there's things like social media. We have to stay up on understanding social media and understanding digital advertising. When I started, there wasn't really digital marketing. It was all other than build a website. You know, it was billboard, TV, radio, magazines, you know, newspaper. That was it. And now we have to continue to learn and continue to grow with the industry. And like I said, I'm sure there's other industry, other industries are the same way, but I can't speak to them because I'm I'm not in those industries. But mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how much things change in such a short amount of time that, I mean, I saw or I've seen, um, I couldn't imagine starting out designing without a computer. That would have been a whole nother world having to send off to get type, uh, you know, typeset and then sent back. And it just seems like a whole foreign world to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that transformation. You know, I do remember sending out, eight and a half by 11 I've written sheets all marked up and hoping like heck that I specced it right. <laughs> and then it came back with it. You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars in typesetting fees. And the same is true of what formerly were film houses. And you, you know, you're spending gobs of money on, on the client's behalf and having separations made and film made for a, a print job. So most of everything that I've done, Throughout most of my, at least half of my career was just print oriented. And I, I think that's what, what I find today and, and the things that I'm pursuing. I'm, I rely upon you know, back your, your uh, sojourn into, well, how do you stay abreast of all things social media? Well, I think it's great to be a generalist, but at some point, you know, and this may sound contradictory to how I started this conversation. Um, but I don't think you can, you can't master everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, you kind of have to reach out and lean on other people to help you, help you maximize whatever it is that you're trying to do. So I'm, I'm launching a product line and I'm, I'm relying upon others uh, to help me through the, maximize a search engine optimization as an example well mm-hmm. someone that knows way far more than i do on that so i rely upon them so 
Yeah, I've learned I've learned that as well. You know, with uh, in in my twenty plus years in this uh, industry of like, you know, there there's things that I can do, and I, as my dad would say, know enough to be dangerous. Um, I know that there's people who are much better at it than I am. That I, you know, when I need need to get something done for a client, that's uh, you know a lot more uh, technical, especially when it comes to, like digital marketing. I can do it, but I know people can do it better, and so. I, I rely on on them to uh, you know to help me out with with projects or you know to partner with them and uh, you know have strategic alliances uh, with different people that you know know what to know how to how to handle those uh, those issues. Well, and a shout out to my late father. He his his maxim, and again, he had nine children and uh, in, involved them in various tasks around the the house and the property. Uh, particularly during spring breaks and he you know wanted to clear the field of thorn trees or whatever it was he would say to me and not just me but don't think it hurts the team <laughs> <laughs> so of course i didn't uh, carry that into my practice <laughs> so so you mentioned your your uh, your product line that you started um it goes by the name jaw dogs is that correct yeah uh j-a-w-d-a-w-g-z um very hip um the uh, uh tell, tell us a little bit about that i could talk about it let's let's hear it from you okay so uh back in the mid 80s i'm working for an insurance company and i had time on my hands and i exhausted the time that i could devote to whatever it was and uh, my boss fully knew that boy i had 25% of the time during a week, like, hey, you have time to kill, you kill it however you, you see fit. And uh, I dabbled in freelance cartooning and, and uh, again, with him fully aware that I was doing this. Well, it was at that time that I started dabbling in ideas for greeting cards. And I don't know why, um, but that's where it began. And then in 87, uh, I launched a greeting, two greeting card lines, uh, started a greeting card publishing company. And the reason I did was I had reached out to some of the major players in that industry. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really nothing has changed. You know how artists are taken advantage of, you know, you look at the music industry and, you know, how many stories have we read about these famous musicians who got, you know, taken to cleaner by their producers or to the record companies they don't make a dime right and you know the the answers i were i was getting and receiving from these greeting card companies was yeah we'll pay a hundred bucks for your idea and i'm thinking no i'm worth more than a hundred dollars <laughs> so i'm gonna figure out on my own and uh, my wife and i started this company and uh the first the company was called shooting star graphics uh here's another interesting aside um uh so shooting star graphics is a logo uh, of a star holding a gun shooting stars mm -hmm. and it in shape it's similar to other stars uh in fact it's very similar to the hardy's star which was formerly Earl's junior restaurant chain star and uh in the process of of establishing this company i had I printed uh, like 160,000 cards and I was reprinting because we were doing pretty well in 
in uh, uh, retailers throughout the country. And I had just printed another 250,000 cards and I received a, a letter from my attorney. Uh, a law firm in San Francisco representing Carl's Jr. restaurant chain had issued a letter, cease and desist from using the Shooting Star Graphics logo. And well, you know, they're similar, they're stars and they're both yellow, but mine, again, as I said, had a gun shooting stars. And for the tidy sum of $962, my attorney wrote a go pound sand letter to Carl's Jr.'s representative. <laughs> And they went away. Yeah, you just stand your ground, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah." But you know, that was the other thing it taught me. It's like you know, I wasn't all that invested in that name. Um, in retrospect, it isn't worth. You know, it's not the hill to die on. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I apply that to today. You know, if whatever names I use, yeah, it's important to build a brand, and but. Not if it's a, a no start from the get go. Right. Uh, so uh, the, um, the evolution of that idea, I had a, uh, I had a repository of 80 plus illustrations and illustrations that I had created using Prismacolor color markers, technical pens. Um, and I was working at a, Workshare space, uh, the speakeasy here in town, and one of my colleagues was a data analyst, and he he saw what I was up to, and he goes, "Oh, by the way, what whatever did you do with the uh, all of these illustrations from your original greeting card line?" I go, "I haven't done anything with them." And he goes, "Well, my gosh, that's that's content gold." Mm -hmm. So he said, "I'm I'm actually focused on another project, which is another greeting card line," and he says, "You know." Why don't we interrupt that for a moment and let's focus on NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which is related to the cryptocurrency space. Mm -hmm. so, okay, you're going to have to help me because I don't know what that those words mean. And uh, and so that's where I started. Started creating, uh, incorporating my illustrations into graphics, circular graphics, and. Um, I had created 56, and the, the events over the last year or so, uh, which in cryptocurrency essentially go in the toilet, I pivoted away from that, and I thought, okay, so what am I going to do with these 56 graphic badges that I've created? And I started working with applying words to them, and then came up with a oxymoron um, pairing of words to graphics and here's a couple examples uh the first one i did which isn't as really isn't an oxymoron but this is where i started i, I took the words dog on troublemaker and i applied them to a um, illustration of a dog um and the next one was naturally sarcastic but then i started to turn the corner and i i created uh, extraordinarily humble mm -hmm. the opposite a uh, genuinely like yeah <laughs> inadvertently thoughtful which um, <laughs> i think sometimes we create things that we are um so you know many of these come from my own life and i thought well you know what people could identify with these either for themselves or for other ones that they love mm -hmm. and give them as 
yeah, so that's where I started. Uh, so I've taken this, uh, these 56, what were designed to be NFTs, and now they're creative badges for hoodies and hats and t-shirts and catches and caps and beanies and tote bags and, yeah. and uh, launched a website uh, about a week ago uh, through my vendor uh, and I'll, I'll plug them, Viva Supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been great to work with and offered to create a store for me. And so that's where I direct people to these days. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll post a link on it on our uh, social media pages once we uh, when we publish this uh, this podcast. I like the um, I like the oxymoron take of everything. Where you have uh, one of my like two of my favorites are exceedingly average. Uh, I think, I, think yep. I, I, I can relate to that, um, and uh, and ex- uh, extraordinarily humble because you know I'm probably the most humble person you've ever met. So. It's- <laughs> It makes it makes lots of oh, sense. So, oh, <laughs> so how how do you are you still creating these? Are you coming up with new ones, or is this you're using just your your old ones that you had, uh, or do you have new ones that you're you're creating and coming up with? I'm creating new ones. Oh, as as the uh, the new words come to me, I don't find an illustration that fits the bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back to the the drawing board and uh back to prisma colors which i like um and not the computer yeah so the um this kind of goes back to you saying you know being a copywriter right you're coming up with a clever uh, clever sayings and then adding the image to it and it's marrying both of these worlds together yes i yeah i you know I think it's a. I think it has legs, and I'm I'm putting it out there to determine exactly what I'm. I'm in a couple retail establishments, traditional brick and mortar. Um, to see one uh, locally and one in Marion, and um, but I think I think and you know so much has changed over thirty years that. Uh, much of the commerce i think can be done online mm-hmm. and that was out without the middleman so you know uh harkening back to starting the greeting card company uh the traditional uh structure is higher and independent manufacturers you pay them 15 percent to uh schlep your cards into a store and get it sold mm-hmm. The retailer is getting 50% of the sales, so you're out 65% already. Um, so the mathematics is, uh, in, at least in my way of thinking, not to go direct to consumer. And, you know, yeah. I've dabbled and done advertising campaigns for directing consumer. And, and I know now with the sophistication of, you know, Google AdWords and analytics and whatnot, that there are definitely ways to target and geofencing. Uh, your audiences and you just I'm, I'm building organically i'm i'm not in a hurry mm-hmm. uh, and i don't need to capture everybody i just need a niche of a niche right and, and as much as i hate to see brick and mortar stores going away due to places like amazon um this technology we have today allows us like you said to, to break down those those barriers and we can go direct to the consumer and it allows 
uh, it, it evens the playing field, you know, in a sense where, you know, we can put, I mean, for crying out loud, I started a podcast and I'm broadcasting it without the need of having, uh, you know, a major radio station to, you know, put my talk show on, or, you know, we, we have, I, I, create music and I publish it online. I don't have a record company. I don't have any agents or anything. I do it myself. And it's just, it's just, we, we've, we have this amazing ability now in this day and age. And I get kind of, I don't know, excited about it still that there's, you know, cause we, we grew up without having that ability to reach the consumer directly. You always had those gatekeepers you had to go through. And now it's there's all those walls are being torn down and it's just a, it's a whole new, a whole new world out there where we can talk directly to the consumers. I think it's great. Start your own, your own shop, create your own website, promote your stuff. And hopefully I always, I always hope that one of my things will, will get picked up by some celebrity or it'll get, it'll go viral for some reason, uh, you know, and then I'll end up, you know, making millions of dollars and not having to worry about the, uh, the middleman, you know? Mm -hmm. Like historically, the 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 space is crowded yeah you know i i fully expect you know it's not going to be uh, an easy journey it's going to be arduous and um but as i said i'm i'm not in a hurry i'm just i'm intrigued to see what the possibilities are and getting the word out and connecting mm -hmm. and res resonating with the, the people that think my way right yeah well, and there, these are, you know, this is something I can see that, you know, it's, it's, it's a clever, you know, play on words. They're great illustrations. And, you know, I, I hope that you do well with it. So do you have a, not just talking about this project could be this project. Um, but do you have a favorite piece over your career or pieces of your career that you've created that are kind of your favorite pieces or, um, is there, or is that too hard to choose like your favorite thing that you've done? I would say the 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 greeting lines and this latest line that I'm working on um, for my own individual pursuits. Um, I I look around town. There's a couple of logos that I I still see uh, brandished on buildings uh, that I did you know 25 plus years ago. The Vein Solutions Clinic that was launched by Shoemaker Ish, which is a cardiac, thoracic, and vascular surgical group. Um, I also did uh, their logo, which I see adorned on one of the buildings that's near St. B Hospital, and it's you know nine nine feet in diameter logo that I created. It's like, oh wow, is that? <laughs> um, it's always exciting. But, it's always exciting to see your work. I I know that I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in life when I still get excited to see my work out in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice feeling. So is there, what, what continues to inspire you today? Who or what, is there anything, anybody in particular you follow on like Instagram or are there artists, is there music? What is it just, you know, family life, anything like that? What continues to inspire you to be creative? So I, music is, um, uh, I listen to all kinds of music. So I normally have music on, I'm a very eclectic music listener. Um, art, fine art, graphic art, any kind of art, uh, creation. I like getting outside, I like being in nature, I like getting disconnecting from, you know, the city. Um, God, 
is an inspiration. You know, he gave me the talent and, you know, it's up to me to put it to use and maximize it. Um, mm -hmm. I see the children are doing their, they're each creative in their own way. Uh, a couple of them are fine art majors from Sharon. Another runs a salon, hair salon. Another is a dog trainer and got to be creative in all of those functions. Um, and <laughs> uh, it's funny that my, uh, my mother is 92 years old and she is in the Mississippi Valley band to play the trombone in the concert band and also in the swing band. So she continues to inspire. Still, still playing the trombone today. That's a that's a big instrument to be playing too. <laughs> yes, it's not like she's carrying a flute around or a piccolo or something. That you gotta stretch out your arms and really play that thing. Yeah, and she not be dead with the music or put the trombone every her attention. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what's that? And she's not above that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's got to keep you in line, I'm sure. Uh, yes, one of many. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the the jaw dogs that you're working on. Is there anything else that you're uh, you're working on now or in the future? Or is this kind of where you're focusing all your energy on right now? So um, jaw dogs is really uh, uh, a tangent. When I really, which I'm, it's still there. I've I've started another greeting card line. Uh, it's designed, it's, they're written, I've written over 250 cards. I've edited it down to, oh, probably 48 to 72 that I would enter the market with. Um, the illustrations are underway. Uh, those illustrations, unlike uh, the ones I'm using for jaw dogs, are in fact com uh, created completely in uh, Adobe Illustrator uh, using a lot of uh, transparencies and whatnot. So, I, and a lot of Gaussian blurs to kind of create the uh, the handmade effect, but in fact, all done in computer. So I'm probably maybe 20% uh, along the road as far as the number of illustrations that I'm, I'm doing. So that's something I'd like to do, you know, maybe start you know, getting it into the market uh, in 2024. Um, and I mentioned earlier that I'd written a couple books and those were based on drawings that I had done while, uh, in college and, uh, I, I needed, I, I've had one book edited and, uh, I, I took the edits and it added another 25,000 words to the manuscript. So there's work to be done and, um, that's just. Trying to juggle them at this always, point. Always staying creative. The book's not about astronauts and, a, and an insect eating them? That... Uh, no. I actually involved dragons and uh, one from China and one from India. Maybe maybe the next one will be about astronauts and insects. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doug, thanks for joining us today. I have one final question for you before we, uh, before we depart. Um, if you're speaking to a classroom full of creatives, um, what kind of advice would you give them as they go forward on their creative journey? Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of different things I would tell them. Uh, and I had a good fortune. Uh, one of my friends and long-term colleagues in the industry, uh, he's actually been on your 
podcast before is uh, Lloyd Brooks. And I was on the advisory committee at Ivy Tech Columbus, uh, but also was involved in juring shows for the students and providing them advice. Uh, and I've been in a position, uh, having been a partner design firm, of hiring people and seeing new people enter the market and with various kinds of attitudes. I, I would say, first and foremost, um, you can be the smartest person in the room, but don't advertise it, demonstrate it. Um, and I like people with a positive attitude and, you know, they can conquer the world, but, you know, a little humility sprinkled in there, particularly when you're, when you're new, uh, Kim, uh, and I, I, I recall this when I first went to work for an insurance company downtown Indy, um, you know, I'm 21 years old and I'm working with 60 plus year old men mostly. And, you know, they had a pretty established way of thinking and, and how problems were solved. And I never dismissed their ideas. Uh, if they, if it, in my assignments, I would, the first solution I would create is the one that they had weighed in on, but then I would provide them alternatives and to show that, you know, there might be a better way to tackle this problem. Um, so I think humility is really important. Be a sponge. Um, you know, don't overlook any opportunity. And sometimes if you're thrown into, as you had mentioned earlier, you know, you have to, you're kind of scrambling to keep up with in small firms. Uh, lots of different things are thrown your way. Don't look at that as a obstacle to overcome. Embrace it as an opportunity to learn. You know, you're just adding more tools on the tool belt. Um, uh, don't take no for an answer. Um, and <laughs> I had, uh, you had mentioned type houses and film houses, and, or maybe I mentioned that early on in my career. And I had secured $25,000 worth of credit from a film house and a printer to print my first batch of left fielders. And I went to New York City. I had an appointment midtown with a greeting card rep. And he said, these will never sell. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just, I just spent $1,000. And he goes, so, so I'll go down to Greenwich Village. There's a guy there He's from the Midwest originally and go talk to him. So I did. And guys, really nice guy named Ken. And and a week later, I had half dozen orders from Ken, and he says, you know, I'll give this a try. And that's where I started with the, I didn't take no for answer, especially when there's $25,000 that I already sunk into the project, which is, I'm, I'm not advocating that that approach. <laughs> yeah, don't go uh, that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, please don't. Uh, and one of the things that I, I think has always guided me, particularly working with corporate clients, and I think it's true in any creative aspiration is, you know, while most are zigging, I think you have to look at what's the zag, um, you know, uh, and the, the, the business axiom of first, better, different comes to mind. You know, you, you can't play in the same sandbox and do the same thing that others are doing and expect to stand out unless you have something that makes you stand out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's all, all great advice. I love the, the, uh, staying humble is a big one. I've I've met several 
recent grad, not recent graduates, but through my years of working with people that just stepped out of college and think that they're the greatest thing in the world. And it's like, dude, you haven't learned it yet. You know, you gotta you know, show me what you can do and have that humility. But then also, like you said, the seeing, um, having to wear multiple hats as opportunities to learn. And I think you can learn from any situation that you're put into. And it, whether that be something with work or just even just something in your everyday life that you're not looking forward to or something, whatever it might be, you can take that as an opportunity to learn something. Take it as an opportunity to just grow in life experience. You never know when that's going to come in handy uh, later on in life. So I think that's a, that's a great... Uh, great word of advice for people to have so yeah i think that you know in, in an environment particularly a collegial environment i'm reminded of the um, i think it's a proverb where iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. don't be afraid to put your ideas out there and do what your colleagues think of them and be be open to you know positive criticism you know you're always you're always good at making it better um, and you know, don't think you you're a know-it-all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that you mentioned doing what we what we had at Ivy Tech, what we called jury, where we would present our projects to professionals, and they would uh, give us feedback, tear it down, tell us what's good, what have you. And I think, and, and we did that um, you know, daily with our classmates as well. I think doing things like that really humbled my class and uh, the people that you know, the people from Ivy Tech is like. We don't have a thin skin when we leave. When at least I can speak to my uh, uh, class that when we graduated, we we had that humility and we knew that w everything we created wasn't the best, and that we could listen to other feedback, constructive criticism. Obviously, if somebody just goes that sucks, you know that's different than saying, "Hey, did you try this in red?" You know, or something. And you know, taking input and taking it from somebody else is is important, and being able to. You know, not just throw up your hands, and go. Oh, I can't, I can't create in this environment. You know, whatever. So, it's uh, yeah, one of the, one of the more valuable lessons I learned. This was I was just I was a one employee of a guy that had started his own design firm, and we were working with a law firm downtown, and it was a recruiting brochure, and uh, we had one meeting, and we showed up with thumbnail sketches, and uh, we got cursed up one side of the room and down the other, like. <laughs> and part of it was our fault because and this was a, a concept that we had not employed at the time we had not we were not using a creative brief we were not establishing a scope of work so when we came to that second meeting we hadn't hit every uh, dotted every i and crossed every t right so from that point forward and this is you know 35 plus years ago every meeting that we went to uh we 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 had a meeting recap uh, we created a creative brief we had the client sign off on um and I, I i'm saying this particularly to you know new graduates that have the idea that i want to do my own thing i want to freelance i want to have my own firm we got to have things in place to guard yourself against you know just to make sure communication everybody's mm -hmm. on playing from the same playbook right yeah, no, that's great. Well, Doug, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being on the show. I look forward to seeing uh, more of the Jaw Dogs. I love the illustrations. I love the play on words. So look forward to seeing more of that and wish you best of luck with your greeting card company and your books and 
uh, and all the astronauts being eaten by aliens or not aliens, insects. <laughs> and, one, and one deep thought to leave everyone with: sure. bye, jaw people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bye, bye, jaw dogs. So, hey, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dustin. Each week on Create, Talk, Repeat, I want to leave you with some creative task or inspiration, something to get your creative juices flowing. This week, I want you to go somewhere you've never been before. I don't mean like travel to Paris or take a road trip down Route 66 across the U.S., though you could do those things. What I mean is some place local. Could be a park in a town close by, maybe a restaurant in your own city that you've never been to. Or it could just be a joyride in the family van, letting your kids take turns deciding which direction to go when you reach a fork in the road. I actually did that one day, started in Indianapolis, and ended up on the Ohio River in southern Indiana, and then over to Cincinnati for an overnight stay. We drove home the next day. It was an adventure. Just get out there. You never know what you might see and what might inspire your creativity. I hope this helps you on your creative journey. Thanks for listening to Create, Talk, Repeat. Create, Talk, Repeat is a Britain Creative Production. Created and hosted by me, Dustin Brenton. Music by Creative Culture. Follow us on Facebook at Create Talk Repeat or visit our website at createtalkrepeat.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.